0: Right, so we're going to start off by looking at our passage today, which is Luke 9, 57 to 62. Okay, I've titled this, well I say I've titled it, the Bible titled it, The Cost of Following Jesus. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, it is up on the screen. But if you've got your phone or you've gone proper paper, which is great to see, uh, then we're just going to read that together. So it says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, that's Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another man, uh, he said, sorry, to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, as we open up your word this morning, Lord, let your words be true. Because Jesus, we are so in love with you, Lord. And as we come and sit here this morning, Father, let this passage minister to us in only a way that you can minister to us this morning. Lord, let it touch our hearts, let it touch our minds, let it touch our souls deep down. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Fabulous. So, I've decided to, in true teacher form, to split this down into three parts. So, three sections. Now, I've kind of gone a little bit I say not off topic but as a music teacher I went you know what I wonder if I can get every section based on what I'm going to say as a song title so I've picked called to follow now you might not have heard of that but that's a musical that one of our congregation uh, members wrote so Heather Horton uh, wrote called to follow so I'm going to use that as our first section title Jesus number one which is an amazing kid song Yep, there you go little shout out Steve is awake down the bottom that's great and then the last one, you might sit there and think, I don't quite know, God, we fix our eyes on you. Now, it's a bit of a tedious link here. I had to find a song that had that lyric in. Okay, so if you're interested in what song that is, that's a, a relatively new song called All Praise by Matt Redman. And it's got that little line in there. So those are our three sections. Now, as we know, Jesus invites us to have a personal relationship with him and his father. And in these verses, we learn about the cost of what uh, this everlasting promise will be. Jesus always has a way of being honest with his followers, doesn't he? We'll get there. And we'll see it here. Uh, We know that from Craig's message last week that Jesus at this time had his eyes fixed on Jerusalem. And as they were walking along the road, Jesus meets three men going along the journey with him. So my question is this. Have you ever been out shopping? That's not the question. Just seeing if you're awake. Have you been ever out shopping and caught by a salesperson who's trying to make the hard sale? They see you and go, oh, sir, I've got a really good thing for you. Have you, have you. have you ever had that experience before? where you're either, you maybe have gone to Oxford or maybe in Whitney or wherever you've been and they're absolutely desperate that they must sell you something. They've got to tell you about the new latest thing. Okay, And it kind of made me think about uh, The Apprentice. I don't know if you watch The Apprentice or if it's that sort of your thing or not. But actually, what I quite like about The Apprentice, apart from their absolute wallies, okay, is I just love the sort of passion that they try and sell something to you. It might be the world's worst item ever, like a chocolate teapot, but it's the best chocolate teapot you've ever seen in your life before. And it will transform your cup of tea like no end. You kind of know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the sales reps on the show know that they aren't always going to get people to purchase the items that they've got. So they and, and there's the people that are coming along. They haven't got their hearts set on what's on offer. So the stakes for those people that are coming to, to, to those people that are on The Apprentice aren't massively high. It's not like they've gone, oh, do you know what, I really want that item. They're just walking around. And someone on then there's a TV crew, and they're like, oh, do you know what, I'll come over and have a little look. So in our passage today, we read about three men who walk away from Jesus. And they all have their own individual excuse. And we might sit there this morning and perhaps relate to some of their situations. But in the end, and by the end, they end up walking away from what is a life-changing opportunity. And Jesus knows this better than any of them. So section one, call to follow, which is verses 57 and 58. Now, um, this is a non-answerable question, so don't sit there and panic. Do you have a set routine? I do. Okay. Do you, owe, do you have your own comforts that you like? Do you have these sorts of things that, you know, when you come home from work or school, you think, oh, those slippers are looking pretty good. That cup of tea. I don't know about you, but I have a favourite mug. Sounds a bit silly, but in that mug, the coffee tastes the best coffee you've ever mm-hmm. tasted. Okay, But I also have, and it's a bit of a sort of a battle in our house, especially with me and the kids, is a favourite, well, not a favourite pillow, because I only have one. But the pillow I've got is just simply the best pillow I have ever slept on. No word of a lie. Okay, so if you want to come around my house and try it out, it's absolutely fine. Um, but in my house, if the kids can't get to sleep, it's always like, Mummy, can I have Papa's pillow? Can I have Papa's pillow? Mummy. When I get back in, I might be out doing something for school and for church and right right, time for bed. And I walk in, I look at the bed, I'm like, something's not right. Something's missing. I don't get it. So I open up door number one, Joel's room. He's probably starfished on the bed in some sort of way. Nope, it's not in there. Open up door number two. There it is. It's Evie sat there in bed like this. Fast asleep. Now for me, I can't really... Oh, I can sleep. I can sleep pretty much anyway. But I can't get a decent night's sleep without that pillow. I don't know if you feel something about your own bed or just that creature comfort that you have that is just that bit special to you now we kind of hear in this um, passage and if we look at 57 and 58 it says as they were walking along a road a man said to him i will follow you wherever you go and then jesus replies foxes have dens birds have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head now the man in this situation i believe has got the right intention he says that he's going to follow jesus and has 100 percent got the right attitude and there are various times in the Bible where Jesus tells people to stop what they're doing and follow him. At this point, he's not even said that to the man. The man is absolutely with him. But we read in Matthew 16, 24. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 4:19 says this. And then he said to me, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now when the man says that, Jesus immediately challenges this man where we all live at the level of his comfort and his possessions. Most of us work a lifetime to acquire what I would call a comfortable lifestyle. And this is defined maybe and may vary somewhat, but for most of us it involves a home, a job and certain possessions. Jesus tells us here that even the most basic needs must not be, uh, must be sorry sacrificed in order to follow him. While he's not requiring us all to be homeless, he certainly sets the example for us. So in other words, we're called to always choose obedience to him over our own possessions and comfort. So unlike the other men in our text today, this man does not offer an objection immediately to Jesus. He boldly proclaims that he will follow Jesus everywhere. And Jesus offers the reply to the man's statement. As it says, foxes have holes, birds, lay, uh, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What does that mean? He's not saying that he's never had a home before, but rather that he's set at this precise minute in time his face on Jerusalem. We see that in verse 51. Where he will suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised, verse 22, in verse 23 says, "Jesus is re- requesting this man to take up his cross and follow me." That is in verse 23. I think in these two verses, the point Jesus is trying to show is that following Jesus is not easy. You may lose your comfort, you might lose your favorite pillow. Following Jesus might be very difficult, and it might cost us all that we currently hold dear. But the promise is that we will be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. Second section, number two, Jesus number one, verses 59 and 60. Say this, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I want you to think for a second. What are you responsible for? What are you responsible for? Yourself. Who are you responsible for? That's an interesting question. Don't need, I don't need to like perhaps verbalise that, but to really have a think. Because the second man puts forward a very valid reason to Jesus, which doesn't seem too unreasonable. He wants to go and bury his father, something that any child would want to do. To pay his respects to the one that raised him is not unreasonable. But what I feel Jesus is saying here is that following him and the kingdom of God supersedes every earthly commitment that we have. Jesus isn't contradicting the Bible because that obligates, uh, sorry, Jesus isn't contradicting the Bible obligations regarding our family as we're called to love, protect, serve, provide for our families. Now, here's a bit of a dated one. This will show your age a little bit. Who remembers Top of the Pops? A little show of hands. Some of you, no, I'm not old enough for that. Okay. And it's, it's obviously the, the, the official chart now, for those of you that aren't uh, perhaps down with the kids. But it was that thing every week, wasn't it, of just waiting and waiting. And they'd be like, number 10. you'd be getting a little bit further forward, and at that point, I'd get my tape player out and push record. Yeah, you're laughing at me as in you did that too. I know you did. Okay. And, and it would get closer and closer and you'd be like, come on, just tell me. I've got to go to bed at 9 o'clock. Tell me what is number one. And it'd get to that point. And there'd be that massive pause. And you'd be like, is the radio broken? Has it stopped? Have we had a power cut? And then they'd obviously explain what that number one space, or who was on that number one space. And what I think and what I believe God is saying at this point is that we are getting here that is Jesus Christ is our number one. Okay? Wasn't it so evidently public that the Queen's life and the Queen's service that God was number one to her? It was an absolute blessing to just sit and watch and see that actually, you know, there was no shameful hiding that God was number one in that lady's life and at her funeral. And I believe that this example we are giving, uh, sorry, and I believe in this example we are given the example of not having idols that come before God. Matthew 22, 37 to 39 says this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I don't believe that Jesus is being insensitive here. He's not saying massively harsh things to this man. But what he is getting at is we shouldn't put off or prolong a decision to follow Christ because of external factors or responsibilities. Now, I'm going to say my Gigi. Now, you might be like, oh, hang on, he's going a bit gangster now. Okay, there's the, my grandma is now, a, well, not is now, but is a great grandma. So we call her GG for great grandma. And she quite likes that. And she's always, always said to me that God comes first, then it's family. And I feel that that's what God is telling us here. We need to spend time with God and make him our number one. And offer up everything we have and everyone we love to. Him. We need not do things in our own time, but in God's time. And we see this in TV shows. As I've kind of given you the example of Top of the Pops, another show that I love watching is The Bake Off. Anyone watching that at the minute? No, okay. <laughs> I know, the premise of it sounds a little bit like you're watching someone mix some batter, bake it in a cake, and then for 20 minutes they do this. Is yours cooked? Hang on. That's essentially it. It really, really is, and, and, and I'm sat there for like an hour and a half like, he hasn't put the sugar in, what's gonna happen? I don't, I don't get it. But in that show, right at the very end, they do the judging part, don't they? And it's kind of like that top of the pops. And what I feel Jesus is saying here is it's not a case of building that suspense. Of going, do you know what? I'm having that conversation with someone. Do you know what? I think I'm going to follow God. There is no pause for suspense with Jesus. It's got to be that, do you know what? I want to follow God and I'm going now. Not that, do you know what? We'll just wait a minute. think there's a commercial break coming up i'll I'll tell you in a second god wants us to absolutely both jump in follow him from the word go and as i said i've titled this after that Uh, i'm not going to call it a kid's song because it's a song for everyone but the song that we sing is jesus number one right at the top where he belongs who he is and what he's done make jesus number one absolutely true words there then number three God, we fix our eyes on you. Verse 61 says this. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of heaven. Now this here is another really valid answer for the third man. How do you Leave before you uh, go. I'm sorry, I said that again. How do you, uh, before you go, leave your home or your work every day and say goodbye to people? So, do you leave your home and your work and say goodbye to people as you go? I do. Okay, in the mornings, I will get myself dressed. as part of that routine. Wake up, do all that sort of stuff. And the last thing I do in the morning, before I then check that I've made sure I've got everything for school, because I don't have the excuse if I've left my home. home. Okay. Okay, is I go around and I do, like, as I call it, hugs and kisses for the kids, likewise for Sam. And then when I leave work, I don't do hugs and kisses at work, just, just saying, I know. No. <laughs> when I leave work and I leave the department or I leave the office that I share with six others, I do, I say goodbye. I don't just sneak out. It's just, it's a natural thing for us humans, isn't it? okay. And even more so, if I've got up early and I'm cycling, that's even more of a dangerous game to try and do hugs and kisses and goodbye when everyone's asleep. I've got to really tiptoe around and try to not wake everyone up. But it is a natural feeling, isn't it, to say goodbye to those we love as friends and family. As I said, for me it would feel really weird to not leave my office or the department I work in without saying goodbye and just go. Now, the man in this third situation seems to clearly have a heart to follow the Lord. He only wanted a few minutes to go and say bye to his family. And I guess explain where he's going and who he's going with. Bless you. I believe that Jesus is here not getting at the man's faith, but possibly at the man's hesitation to follow. If the man goes back to say bye to his family and explains where he's going, maybe he might get talked out of it. Maybe he might be influenced by others around us. Now with our close connection to Open Doors, we hear and know about Christians in other countries and also here all the time where they make that decision to follow Christ. And they tell their families exactly what they're going to do. And we know that actually some of those families don't share the same beliefs. Some of those families try and talk them out of what they're going to do. Some of those families cut them off and in these situations their Christian faith is really tested to not sway and Jesus gives this answer to the man he replied no one puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of heaven I like gardening however my if I can call it style is if it doesn't grow or I don't know what it is it comes out Easy as that. Fortunately, for my house and my garden, I'm not the boss. My wife is the one that tells me what to do. Otherwise, a garden would literally just be turf. Very low maintenance, okay. Uh, but like I said, fortunately, uh, Sam makes all the decisions. I just do what I'm told. Uh, as I said, it would be no, just grass, no borders and no plants. Now I don't know if you've seen the show Clarkson's Farm heard of Jeremy Clarkson? You've probably heard of Jeremy Clarkson, but Jeremy Clarkson's farm. Have you heard of that sort of Chipping Norton-y type, Wayne? Yeah, some of you. Now, whether you like him or not, or you find the shows that he does interesting or not, okay, I've sat and watched the first series of that show, and what was a real eye-opener for me is that obviously where we live is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, good, you're still with me. Fabulous. And you know, you go past all these fields all the time and they just look beautifully kept. Now, in one of the Clarkson episodes, he's like, how hard can it be? That was my rubbish Jeremy Clarkson impression. <laughs> but he hops in this massive tractor, not little, but like a giant massive tractor, puts the plow attachment on, and just, if you've seen him in his top gear days, he's like, power! And just up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down and it's a complete mess, an absolute complete mess, okay, Um, and Jesus is telling us here that we need to fix our eyes on him, in the same way that realistically, he really should have taken his time a little bit, and and as I said, I'm no gardener, but from what I've read, to plough correctly, you've got to be looking in a straight line, and that's something that Jeremy Clarkson didn't do, but Jesus is telling us that we need to do, We need to fix our eyes on Christ and not look back so that like the ploughman, we can make a straight line. By looking back, we run the risk of cutting off the course and making the plough line wonky. When we do put our hand to the plough, we must be ready for a lifetime relationship with Christ and following Christ. He has our life of service and transformation planned out from start to finish. And he is glad when we do put our hand on the plough But let us not become like those seeds that we hear earlier in Luke, that are thrown onto the shallow or rocky soil, who at once seem to to rejoice in Christ, only to fall away when it becomes a struggle or we get bored. Can I ask the band to come up for me? When we're promised in scripture, or we are promised in scripture, that because God has given us his Holy Spirit, we are sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit gives us the perseverance to run the race as this is something we can't do by our own power or our own perseverance. We all need to pray always for perseverance and the grace of God to continue with us that we may finish the race and win the prize. Acts 20 verse 24 says this, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul's letter to the Philippians goes on to say this in Philippians 3 verse 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press towards the goal, win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Now as we reflect back on those verses today, I want you to think, is God calling you to follow? Is Jesus your number one? And do you have your eyes fixed on him? Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the words in our verses this morning. And Lord, we thank you for those challenges too. Lord, we really can sympathize at times with some of those men. But Lord, we really pray that you will keep the conviction that you've given us to follow you straight. And Father, I just really pray or want to pray, sorry Jesus, that if there are people here for the first time that haven't made that commitment to you, that have been coming for a few weeks, a few months, maybe a few years, and you have been saying to them, follow me. Lord, I pray that you will give them the conviction to not delay. That you will give them the bravery To say I will follow you. So Lord Jesus I just want to offer up a little bit of quiet to you now. And I want to encourage my brothers and sisters this morning. That if God is saying to you follow me. Follow me. That I pray that in this quiet space now. People will make that first step. Lord, maybe they might want to raise their hand and just say, do you know what? In this quiet, I want to follow you. In this quiet, I've been following you, Lord Jesus, but I want to reaffirm that I will follow you again. Lord, I just pray that in this space now, you will give people the boldness to do that. And then in a second, Lord, we will all pray together for those people that may have either put their hand up may have prayed that in their hearts so lord this is your time now with your people So, Father as we bring our time together this Sunday to a close Lord I just pray that if people have been bold enough to make that prayer this morning that they will one give up everything to you two will make you their number one and three like that sat nav in the car in the direction of you so that they are fixing their eyes on you And Lord, give them courage to, after the service, come over to the prayer team and ask for some prayer. To grab one of the elders, or to just ask the person next to them, because we are all part of the family of God. To just pray for them. To pray for them on their journey with you. So Father, we just thank you for our time this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.